0: Welcome to Biblical Tapestry, Podcast Season 2, Episode 18 on the Book of Daniel, The Vision and Its Four Feet. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. Today in this 18th episode in the Book of Daniel, Chapter 7, the most important chapter in all the Book of Daniel, we turn from historical accounts to visions, but what is contained in these visions is amazing. In fact, all the apocalyptic material in Scripture was influenced by this vision. God was trying to show us something. All right, we'll look at Daniel chapter 7, starting in verse 1. In the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream with visions. In his mind, as he was lying in his bed, he wrote down the dream, and here is the summary of his account. Daniel said, In my vision at night I was watching and suddenly the four winds of heaven stirred up the great sea. Four huge beasts came up from the sea and each different from the other. The first was like a lion but had eagle's wings. I continued watching until its wings were torn off. It was lifted up from the ground, set on its feet like a man and given a human mind suddenly another beast appeared a second one that looked like a bear it was raised up on one side with three ribs in its mouth between its teeth it was told get up gorge yourself on flesh after this while i was watching suddenly another beast appeared it was like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back it had four heads and it was given dominion after this while i was watching in the night visions suddenly a fourth beast appeared frightening and dreadful and incredibly strong, with a large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed, it trampled with its feet whatever was left. It was different from all the beasts before it, and it had ten horns. While I was considering the horns, suddenly another horn, a little one, came up among them. And three of the first horns were uprooted before it. And suddenly in this horn there were eyes like the eyes of a human and a mouth that was speaking arrogance. All right, back to verse 1. In the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream with visions in his mind as he was lying in his bed. He wrote down the dream, and here is the summary of his account. So chronologically, this vision given to Daniel occurs the first year of Belshazzar and before the writing on the wall incident, so many years before chapters 5 and chapter 6. We know from the Nabonidus accounts that he gave his oldest son, Belshazzar, command of all the empire while he started on a long journey in the third year of his reign in Babylon. Nabonidus began his reign in 556 BC, so this would have been approximately 553 BC. Daniel would have been approximately 67 years old. Babylon will fall the night of the writing on the wall some 15 years later Nebuchadnezzar had died about nine years earlier the succession was Hammurabi then Nabopolassar then Nebuchadnezzar and after Nebuchadnezzar evil Merodach. And then we have Nabonidus and Belshazzar as a co-regent with Nabonidus Daniel wrote down his vision and then gives us this amazing summer verse 2 Daniel said in my vision at night I was watching and suddenly the four winds of heaven stirred up the great sea Daniel sees four winds of heaven stirring up the great sea now the sea the great sea in prophecy has been the nations of the earth and we see later when Daniel interprets this vision G.L. Archer states the sea is symbolic of polluted, turbulent humanity as they try to exploit and govern in their own wisdom and strength. In fact, we see wind stirring up people or the sea. We see things in Isaiah chapter 17, verse 12. All the roar of many peoples, they roar like the roaring of the seas, the raging of the nations. They rage like the rumble of rushing water. The nations rage like the rumble of a huge torrent. He rebukes them and they flee away, far away, driven before the wind like chaff on the hills and like tumbleweeds before a gale. This stirring of the four winds is a sudden storm amongst the nations that leads to the development of these four beasts coming to power out of this disturbance. Wind or winds has also been used in scripture to signify God's judgment. and Zechariah chapter 7, verse 13, just as he had called and they would not listen, so when they called, I would not listen, says the Lord of armies. I scattered them with a windstorm over all the nations that had not known them, and the land was left desolate behind them, with no one coming or going. They turned a pleasant land into a desolation. These beasts come from strife, and trouble among the nation. Verse 3, Four huge beasts come from the sea, each different from the other. So we have four great beasts who come out of the sea of humanity, and each one of these beasts was powerful and large. And just as the kingdoms presented in chapter 2 in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, these are the same four powerful kingdoms That were or to come. In verse 17, the angel gives us the understanding that these are four kingdoms that will rise from the earth. The traditional view that we have and we will adhere to are the same kingdoms in succession, Babylon, then Medial Persia, Greece, and then Rome, four different empires in character and successively more brutal. Verse 4, the first was like a lion, but had eagle's wings. I continued watching until its wings were torn off. It was lifted up from the ground, set on its feet like a man, and given a human mind. Well, the first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. Now, this is the same symbols used before in Scripture for Babylon. Some examples in Jeremiah chapter four, verse seven. A lion has gone up from his thicket. A destroyer of nations has set out. He has left his lair to make your land a waste. Your cities will be reduced to uninhabited ruins. In Ezekiel chapter 17 verse 1, The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, pose a riddle and speak a parable to the house of Israel. You are to say, this is what the Lord God says, a huge eagle with powerful wings long feathers and full plumage of many colors came to Lebanon and took the top of the cedar so we have an example of a lion and an eagle and here we have a lion with wings and Babylon itself was symbolized as a lion with wings as part of their own culture Nebuchadnezzar symbolized Babylon as he was humbled by God he had that period of seven years of insanity That ripped his wings off and then he was given his kingdom back when he acknowledged God as sovereign God put him in his place and then God gave him his kingdom and his mind back verse 5 suddenly another beast appeared a second one that looked like a bear was raised up on one side with three ribs in its mouth between its teeth it was told get up gorge yourself on flesh well medial Persia would conquer Babylon and this would become the second beast. This bear was larger on one side than the other. This bear had two parts being Media and Persia and Persia was the more dominant in this alliance. This is carried forward also into chapter 8 as well as one part larger as the one larger part is symbolized by a ram with one larger horn. Now this bear had three ribs he was munching on. We know the Medo-Persian Empire had three major conquests being Babylon, Lydia, and Egypt. The bear gorged itself and became the largest empire up to that point. It was massive in size from Egypt to the Indus River and what is now India. All right, verse 6. Well, after this, while I was watching, suddenly another beast appeared. It was like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back. It had four heads, and it was given dominion. This third beast that came out of the sea was a leopard with four wings. Now, following the Medo Persian Empire came the Greek Empire. From the website lions.org, leopards are still a powerful force to be reckoned with in particular their skulls are notably large their jaws are so powerful that they can take prey much larger than themselves their shoulder muscles are also particularly strong and give leopards their unique ability to climb trees often whilst carrying remarkably heavy kills leopards climb back down from trees head first their powerful shoulders also help them in leaping and jumping Uh, with a 6-meter horizontal leap and a 3-meter vertical leap. Although not known for speed, leopards can run very fast at over 36 miles per hour, and I'm assuming 36 miles per hour is faster than you can run. The Greek Empire took over the world in lightning speed, and the four wings on the back of the leopard would only enhance the speed. Alexander the Great invaded Asia Minor in 334 B.C. and within 10 years, He had, at the ripe old age of 32, conquered all of the Medo-Persian Empire. Now notice this leopard had four heads as well, as there were four major generals that took over after Alexander died in 323 BC. They fought each other and the kingdom was then divided into four parts. Antipater gained control over Greece and Macedonia, Lysimachus, ruled Thrace and a large part of Asia Minor. Seleucus, so the first Necator, ruled Syria, Babylon, and much of the Middle East except Asia Minor and Palestine. And Ptolemy, the first Soter, controlled Egypt and Palestine. We will see more of this in chapter 8. Now, where it is over 200 years in the future, and then more is being foretold. Verse 7. After this, while I was watching in the night vision, suddenly a fourth beast appeared, frightening and dreadful and incredibly strong, with large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed, it trampled with its feet whatever was left. It was different from all the beasts before it, and it had ten horns. So now we have a most horrible beast. It comes and is crueler than the others. It devoured, it crushed and trampled with the teeth of iron. It had ten horns, as we learn in verse 19. It also had bronze claws. It was larger, more powerful, and more frightening than any of the other three beasts. And it was unlike any natural beast, and apparently it resembled no natural beast. By the 2nd century, we know that Rome superseded Greece as the dominant world power. Larger than the others, incredibly powerful, and it was dominant for centuries. The ten hours the ten horns, excuse me, represented kings and kingdoms, like the statue in chapter two with the ten toes representing the same ten kingdoms. Verse eight. While I was considering the horn, suddenly another horn, a little one, came up among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. And suddenly in this horn there were eyes like the eyes of a human and a mouth that was speaking arrogantly so now we see a smaller horn rise from the, this empire it grows strong and conquered three of the other kings that made up this kingdom now this is probably much beyond the original Roman Empire this kingdom now comes under this one powerful horn this horn had human eyes and an arrogant mouth, so it was intelligent and it showed the world wisdom. It was extremely arrogant and blasphemous, and we know blasphemous from the book of Revelation. The world will be captivated by this power, and Christianity will be revolted by it. This is a kingdom from the roots of the old Roman Empire that has yet to appear. This empire will be crushed by Christ's return. So this happens just prior to that event. We see him appear in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled either by a prophecy or by a message or by a letter supposedly from us, Alleging that the day of the Lord has come Don't let anyone deceive you in any way For that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first And the man of lawlessness is revealed The man doomed to destruction He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship So that he sits in God's temple Proclaiming that he himself is God Don't you remember that when I was still with you I used to tell you about this And you know what currently restrains him, so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working, with every kind of miracle, both signs and wonders, serving the lie, with every wicked deception among those who are perishing. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie so that all will be condemned, those who did not believe the truth but delighted in unrighteousness. And then we see in Revelation chapter 13, verse 5, The beast was given a mouth to utter boasts and blasphemies. It was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It began to speak blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name and his dwelling, those who dwell in heaven, and it was permitted to wage war against the saints and to conquer them. It was also given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All those who live on the earth will worship it, everyone whose name was not written from the foundation of the world into the book of life, Of the lamb who was slaughtered so this little horn already shown to us in Daniel is the Antichrist and will control this kingdom that rises from the roots of the first Roman Empire now there's a whole lot to unpack here (laughs) especially if you want to go to look at Thessalonians and Revelation there's more to be done to tie that together but we're going to be just looking at the book of Daniel at this point Again, I hope you enjoy the Season 2 study in the book of Daniel. Next, Episode 19 in Chapter 7, we will continue to look at some amazing prophecies given to Daniel and its incredible accuracy and what is to come. In Chapter 7, once again, the single most important chapter in the book of Daniel, we look at the destruction of the fourth beast. God bless you today, and I encourage you to spend some time in God's Word. Please note... The Biblical Tapestry has a Facebook and Instagram page and I encourage you to like and share this podcast if you feel that this is deserved. God bless and take care.